This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we explore strategies and solutions for making life happier. This week, we'll talk about why you should treat yourself like a dog. And we'll talk about ways for obligers to resist when people expect them to eat or drink something. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, who always treats me like a dog when we're together. (laughs) That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in Los Angeles, and I don't know about that, Gretchen. I I guess I give you treats. (laughs) Now, listen, you have some exciting news to share. Yes. Um, Sarah and I, my writing partner and co-host of Happier in Hollywood, have sold two pilots. So we sold one to ABC and one to CBS. So we're starting the whole process um, of doing pilots and trying to get shows on the air. So if anybody wants to follow that process, we talk about it in detail on Happier in Hollywood, as well as many other things. But um, check it out because um, we will be filling you in as we go. Well, I remember back in the day when you were just starting out, and if somebody had told you that the day would come when you had two pilots that had been sold like that, you would have just been staggered. So it's very exciting. Yeah. So hopefully at least one of them will be, um, you know, will actually become a television show. Now comes the hard part. Yeah, yeah. The suspense begins to build now. And we've been having so much fun touring together. Um, Yes. Yes. We have more shows coming out. We have Providence, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, and Charlotte. Yes. Just go to GretchenRubin.com slash events. Yes. Please come bring your friends. We love seeing listeners live in person. Yes. So this week, Elizabeth, our Try This at Home tip is to treat yourself like a dog. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love this. And it comes from Eliza, your daughter, my niece. Yes. So at college, you know, they're they're much better these days at having um, support for students. And, and, you know, they have advisors and they have, they get together and um, they really try to help them take good care of themselves. And one of the things that her advisor said was, you should treat yourself like a dog. Meaning, mm-hmm. you know, would you treat a dog the way you treat yourself? You know, you want to feel like I do treat myself mm-hmm. as well as I would treat any dog that I was taking care of. Yeah, like with a dog, you make sure that the dog has time outside and exercise and fresh water <laughs> and also healthy food, not just treats, uh, you know, and fresh air and lots of sleep. Yeah. And if your dog needs attention, you take him to the vet right away, you take your dog to the groomer. You make sure that your dog has plenty of time to socialize with other animals. Like our dog, Barnaby, is super social. He really needs Mm. to have time with other dogs. If your dog is misbehaving, you get them help so they can behave themselves better. And of course, you give your dog affection. Yeah. So you need affection as well. Right. They need to have fun. They need to have time to play. They need somebody to play with them. Um, And I think it's very helpful to think about ourselves in this way because it turns out that the basics that dogs need are the basics that we humans need. We need all the things that they need. Yeah, Gretchen, it reminds me of our segment, um, Treat Yourself Like a Toddler. Way back in episode seven, we talked about treating yourself a toddler, and this is like um, shades of that. Yeah, well, it's interesting because it's slightly different in my mind, because when I think of treating myself like a toddler, I think of myself as like kind of the ticking time bomb, because Mm -hmm. if you're taking care of a toddler, you're like, if they don't get their sleep, this is going to be a terrible situation. If they're too hot, they're too cold, if if they're hungry, like you feel like you've got to... I do feel like they, that it's it's going to go drastically wrong if you don't pay attention to these details. But with a dog, it's almost kind of the opposite. Like they're helpless. They they only mm-hmm. get what you give them. And so you have to have a responsibility because they're in your care. They're utterly in your care. And they really can't, they, the way that they would act up or ask for help is, is even more limited than a, than a toddler could do. They don't have any recourse. Um, and so you have to you have to be considerate of them and forward thinking of their needs in, in an even more intense way. Yeah, you really need to be kind to yourself the way that you want to be kind to your dog. Yeah, absolutely. And I wonder also if this kind of framework might be of special help to an obliger. So Elizabeth, you can speak to this as an obliger. Because mm-hmm. sometimes with obligers, it's like it, they can get the accountability, the outer accountability they need for inner expectations by thinking of themselves in the third person. Like Gretchen right now doesn't want to exercise, but future Gretchen will be really disappointed if now Gretchen doesn't do it. Or thinking of yourself in the third person and treating yourself like a dog is in a way thinking of yourself like in the third person. Yeah, I do think it's helpful for obligers to think of ourselves in the third person because it can create outer accountability. I also think just the fact that an advisor was saying this in this particular case with Eliza, it's like a person of authority saying, I'm telling you, you have to treat yourself as well as you treat your dog, (laughs) you know, is helpful because then you have a measure of like, okay, did I go outside today or or was I just writing my paper all day? Okay, I need to go outside. I need to eat a full, you know, meal. 
um, all of those things. Um, so I do think it could be really helpful. And I thought this was a great way to communicate that, especially to someone like Eliza, because Eliza is such a dog lover. I mean, yes. she loves, loves dogs. She loves, loves Barnaby. And her her standard of care for Barnaby is so high that I think you're right. It kind of creates a measurement of, well, what's reasonable? Well, what, what would you consider to be reasonable for Barnaby? Well, surely you should give yourself that same and it's almost like in thinking of your third, third yourself as the third person, it's almost like your body is like the earthly clay part of yourself. Mm-hmm. But in a way, it is subject to your mind, to your whims, to your direction. And so you almost have to think about that kind of earthly body that's moving around like your dog <laughs> that's following mm-hmm. you around on a leash because it's your mind that has to decide what it gets. And so it is that sort of imaginative form of outer accountability. Yeah. The other thing is, if you think about treating a dog well, then the dog thrives. Yes. If you don't treat a dog well, the dog does not thrive. Right. So what does that tell you? If you don't give yourself like these basic things that you would give your dog, it's going to go downhill. Right. Your coat is going to be dull. Exactly. Your nose is not going to yes. be the right temperature. You're going to yes. chew up the furniture. <laughs> yes. You're going to dig into the into the trash. <laughs> yes. Well, let us know if you do try this at home and how treating yourself like a dog works for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode. This is episode 243. So go to happiercast.com slash 243 for everything related to this episode. Yeah, and Gretchen, for those of us who don't have dogs, I think we should think of imaginary dogs that we're, <laughs> that we're treating ourselves Or as. your childhood dog. Treat yourself like Paddywhack. Yes. You took good care of Paddywhack. Yes. Yeah. Our schnauz are growing up. Coming up, we've got a happiness hack that's something not to say. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else 
even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Gretchen, it's time for this week's happiness hack. And I know that you love identifying situations where people had just the right thing to say. <laughs> and this week's hack is kind of the opposite of that. Yeah, yes. Yes. It's much harder to find out what to say, how, what to figure out what to say yeah. in a tough situation. But it is also useful to know what not to say. And it occurred to me when this recently happened to me that hmm. it's almost never effective to tell someone, calm down. Mm, because yes. telling someone to calm down does not make them calm down. It does not. It makes them feel more annoyed, more worked up. Yes, yes. Often feel condescended to. And it's just not a helpful thing to say. And yet it's so tempting to say that. And I say, I tell people to calm down all the time. And yet, but now I'm really going to steal myself to stop because I, I think it's very, very counterproductive. I know. I wish there was some other phrase you could say instead, but I can't think of, you know, what it would be. Well, one thing, mom says it in an ever so slightly different way to me, and she doesn't say it to me in the moment. So it's not like an admonition in the moment, which is, I think, when it's very annoying. But she will also often say to me, because, you know, I do get very, very worked up. I'm kind of very high strung. Mm. And she'll say, now, remember, stay calm. Yeah, and that's stay just your, calm. Stay calm, it's, and it's and I will often yeah. yes remind myself like I hear her voice in my ear just being like stay calm, stay calm, and I feel like yes. that's a more helpful thing. But in the moment, maybe the t- way is to try to say let's instead of you need to calm down. It's more mm-hmm. like let's take a let's minute, stay or, calm, yeah, or like let's take a deep breath, or let's step back for a minute to show that you're part of whatever's happening. Because if you're telling someone to stay calm. Even if it's somebody who's losing their, is like exploding with anger at someone else and you're trying to say, as a third party, say, stay calm. I think by yeah. saying let's, you're, you're showing either that you're part of the problem or that you want to be part of the solution by joining with them and helping them in yes. a situation. Just don't say calm down. <laughs> don't you do. say calm down. Start there. Um, yes. Um, and now it's time for four tendencies questions. Oh my gosh, I love talking about the four tendencies. Yes. And this question comes from Caroline. She says, I am an obliger and have a question about maintaining my good habits when socializing. I am not a big drinker and would prefer to skip a drink or limit myself to one when having dinner with friends. I do enjoy a drink, but it impacts my sleep. And sometimes just one drink can lead to a headache and hangover-like symptoms. Even as an adult, I feel there are social pressures to drink, and if you refuse a drink, many people do not hesitate to show their disappointment. As an obliger, this bothers me as I like pleasing others and going with the flow. I have had great success using accountability to form other good habits with exercise, reading, etc., but have struggled with saying no to bad habits when feeling pressured. How do obligers structure accountability for saying no? Hmm, this is a good question. I think a lot of people um, 
feel this pressure to drink when they're socializing. Well, absolutely. And it's I, and it was I was very interested by her question because I've been thinking about this in the context of dessert and sweets because, you know, I've been mm. working on this project about um, why and how I quit sugar. And one yeah. thing that many people say is, what do I do when someone says, well, I baked it just for you or it's my birthday. You have to have some or we're all ordering dessert. You need to or you need to have some. And Elizabeth, I as you know, I used to kind of dismiss this. I thought it was people just using the concern for others loophole mm. as a way to get cover for themselves. But really, as I've talked to more and more people and I talked to you about it, um, I've come to realize that it, it's a really pressing concern. It's not something that you can just hand wave away. It's something people really do do. They really do exert pressure on others to indulge. And people really do feel they do feel pressured. It is uncomfortable. It, it is it is hard to withstand that. And so it's a real thing. I think I didn't really take it seriously enough for a long time. Maybe because of the upholder coldness. I'm just like, whatever, I don't mm -hmm. care what you want. <laughs> right, right, right. But it does matter to a lot of people. But I do think there are strategies that she can use to make it easier for herself. Yes. Um, like, I think if she is with someone, um, if at the beginning when they're ordering, like if she's planning to have one glass of wine to say right when they order, oh, I can only have one glass tonight. Um, so I'm really going to enjoy this glass. One that makes it about tonight. So it doesn't seem like you're being judgmental of the other person because it's like, it's not that you wouldn't sometimes have more, but tonight you're only having one. Mm. Um, and because I think it's the judgmental thing that a lot of people don't want to seem judgmental, right? Or that, yeah, they, they think that, or others are feeling judged and react yeah, to well, that. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then by setting it out right at the beginning that you're only having one, then the other person isn't thinking you're going to have more. So it kind of sets a tone. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and it's sort of in that same thing um, about like make it about right now and sort of what's going on right now, not so, some sort of overall philosophy, which maybe has more judgment in it. I think when people say something like, oh gosh, lately I've get, been getting the worst headache whenever I drink wine, so I'm like backing off. Or like, oh gosh, you know, rich foods yes. haven't been agreeing with me lately, so I'm going to skip it. It kind of feels like, well, this is sort of a momentary thing that's affecting my body. And that's that's kind of, people maybe defer to that more. Now, I will say, some people don't like the idea that you're kind of making excuses, you know, that you're not being totally 100% maybe truthful and forthcoming but I'm like, whatever it takes to deal with the situation the way you want to deal with it. Like, why not? If, if this just makes it right. easy, I say, I say, go for it. Gretch, I'll remind everyone in Malcolm Gladwell's book, Talking to Strangers, um, he talks about how a white lie isn't a lie. So a, a, a lie to make a social situation more fluid and like less awkward, he does not consider a lie. So I think anyone can use these excuses and feel like, you know, they have integrity and they're not lying. They're just making it easier for themselves to navigate a situation that will make it less awkward for everyone. Right. And also so that they can achieve their aims for like, this is really backing up on her. It's making her feel she can't sleep as well. She's it's like, not, you know, it's just it's not working for her. So whatever she needs to take so that she can achieve that for herself. But here's the thing I would love to hear from listeners about, because as I said, I'm working about this thing about how and why I quit sugar. And I've and I've been talking to a lot of people, hearing from a lot of people about feeling this pressure. My question is for the other side of that exchange. Mm. Are you the one who is pressuring someone to take the drink? 
or to have the dessert. What is in your mind? What is your experience of that exchange? Because I keep hearing from people who are like, I feel this and I'm trying to manage it and here's how I manage it or, you know, what my reaction is. But I never hear from somebody who's on the other side. Mm -hmm. And I would love to hear what is your perception when you do that? When you say, oh, you have to have one. Oh, just one. Oh, I made it myself. Oh, I'll feel disappointed if you don't partake. Oh, it's my birthday. Oh, you have to. Oh, you only live once. All these things. What's in your mind as that is when someone is saying, I, you know, I'm going to skip it. One's enough. No dessert for me. What, and you're hearing that. What's in your mind? I would love well, for people to talk about that. What's interesting, Gretchen, is I think most people, even the ones who do that in their minds think, well, I'm not, I would, I'm not pressuring anyone. They can do whatever they want. You know, I don't think they mean to pressure yes. or at least not <gasps> conscious. Yes. Yes. They're just pointing out you only live once. Yes. I mean, that's you in their do, mind. do with that what you will, you <laughs> yes. know? Yes. Yes. Well, that's a good point. Is it one of these things where like everybody thinks they have a sense of humor, but clearly some people don't. Nobody thinks, oh, I'm the one who's pressuring you mm -hmm. to have a drink like a teenager, you know, at a pool party. Um, interesting. Well, I would love to hear people's thoughts on this, um, as I say, because I'm doing this. But here's, a, here's kind of just like a fascinating piece of research that kind of comes into play here that I think is worth sort of worth noting is that research does show that we have a lot of influence on each other in terms of how much we eat and drink. It seems that we use our companions' eating decisions and drinking decisions as a way to pace our own decisions. And it mm. seems as though what people aim to do is to have slightly less and so it is the case that if everyone at the table orders dessert, it's almost like no one's having dessert. Mm -hmm. But if somebody doesn't have dessert, then that recalibrates what it means to have less. And so these one researchers wrote, the more we eat, the more our companion can eat without eating excessively. So we are likely to be pressured by our companion to have just a little more. Mm -hmm. And so, so one thing to re keep in mind, I don't know if this helps you from an obliger standpoint, but maybe it's helpful to understand about kind of the social situation, is that people may have their own agenda that has nothing right. to do with you per se. It has to do with their own feelings about their own behavior, even subconsciously about how they would like to see this, this, you know, dinner or party or whatever play out. Yes. It's very uh, complicated. It's super complicated. at play, you know, <laughs> so, on both sides. So complicated. Anyway, it occurs to me, if you don't know what we're talking about with obligers and upholders and questioners mm. and rebels, you can take the quiz at quiz.gretchenrubin.com and it will tell you which of the four tendencies you belong to and kind of give you a little overview I did the bonus episode a while, just a, a few weeks ago, where I kind of went through the nutshell guide of the four tendencies. But yes, I would love to hear from listeners because, as I say, I'm I'm really, really thinking very hard about exactly this question. So I would love to get people's insights and observations. And now it's time for another listener question. As a listener question, um, as always, you can leave us a voicemail question at seven seven four two seven seven nine three three six, which is also seven seven happy three three six. Or you can email us or email us a voice memo to podcast at GretchenRubin.com. 
And um, Gretchen, this week's listener did not give their name. So we have an anonymous question. The listener says, my husband and I are considering a cross-country move because our careers have stalled out where we live now and we'd have much greater opportunities on the coast. A big roadblock that we keep running into is that we are not sure we want to move 1,500 miles away from our families. We currently live in the Midwest and neither of us has lived away from family for more than six months at a time. Although our happiness in our work lives may increase, we are nervous that we will lose the close connections that we have with loved ones right now. We have no children of our own, but two young nephews. My husband really worries that we will miss out on them growing up, but I think there must be some way to stay involved in family life, even if we move. He's an obliger. I'm a rebel. So my question is this, how do you stay connected to your family even when they live far away? I know you two have often spoken of your updates email with family, but I'm wondering if you have any other practical tips. You two have the podcast helping connect you, but is there anything else you do to stay connected with each other and your parents? Maybe listeners would have ideas too. Obviously, this is a big decision, but we can't be the only ones struggling with this. People move all the time. Well, this is a great question because as, yes. as the listener points out, like people move so much and they, that this is a very common issue. And, you know, relationships are a key and maybe the key to happiness. And so thinking about it and taking it into consideration and trying to think about how, you, how it would play out, moving away from family is very, very wise. So I think this question shows a tremendous amount of wisdom in yes. terms of, thinking about what is going to matter to our happiness. It's not just about the job life, which is important, but this family life is very important as well. Yes. She mentions update. And just for anybody who doesn't know what update is, because um, we, we talked about this all the way back. I mean, I think it was like an episode one or something. This was a suggestion from our mother where, I don't, what do you think? Listen, every week, every 10 days, we send an email and it's just, and it says update and it's just blah, 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 whatever's going on in your life. So it's like, Oh, I went to my Mahjong thing or it's like, oh, I hosted my book group or, you know, my father will talk about what happened at golf or, you know, how's, you know, just whatever the 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 motto of update is it's okay to be boring. And the idea is that we just can stay in touch with the the minutiae of each other's lives. And that makes us feel much more connected. Yeah. Now, I will say when mom originally proposed this, it was supposed to be more like every other day. But a lot of times we send pictures and I think we sort of count that as an update, which is another thing that you can do to really stay present in each other's lives is send photos of, you know, it doesn't have to be a special occasion. It's just sort of what you're doing. Yeah, like uh, Eleanor was baking cookies and I was like, just send a picture of her baking cookies because it's just because they're just interested in even things like, oh, she got her hair cut or, oh, you know, that's a cute like, you know, I don't know. It's just it's just I love seeing pictures of Jack. I'm always like, oh, my gosh, he's so big. But, you know, it's just fun to see what did the Star Wars cantina look like and all that. Right. Right. You and I actually you and mom and I all do this is send um, pictures of what we're wearing. Yeah. And we'll say, does this look good? Or, hey, here's what I wore to the luncheon. Um, and that's just a fun way to, to you know, kind of really stay in the moment with each other. And, and on the subject of photos, I've talked about an app that I love called Time Hop, where it goes into your photos and will generate photos from like one year ago, three years ago, five years ago. And I will send those because I'll be like, oh, remember, this is when we went to... 
that swimming pool together or it, or maybe it's just like, oh, look, it was Barnaby when he was still a little puppy. Mm-hmm. That, again, is another way to connect to happy memories. And it's another just quick, easy, it takes one second to just forward that. But it's like, I'm thinking of you and here's this happy memory that we shared. So that's also very easy. More ambitious things, I would say the standardized plan. Um, yes, I think that's huge. Because if you're constantly trying to figure out, well, when are we going to see each other? When are we going to make the trip? It's very, very wearing. But like, like for me, I go to Kansas City for a week every Christmas, a week in August. That moves around a little bit, but not much. Elizabeth, for years, we had a standardized vacation where you and I would get together for President's Weekend. We don't need to do that now because we see each other all the time. <laughs> but we did that when we didn't because otherwise we were, we were like... It might be that we didn't know when we'd see each other. And it's such a hassle to pick dates. It's such a drain. So standardizing it, saying like every 4th of July, every Columbus Day weekend, you know, like setting that in stone. Yeah. And then you can also do standardized times to talk on the phone. And this is something our Uncle Tom does with our Aunt Susan. They have a phone date every Friday night. Um, and so you could have that with various family members. Yes. Just like college. For instance, a lot of people on their commute, if they have, you know, hands-free phone, talk to their moms. I know a lot of people who talk to their moms every day during their commute. Yeah. What's like college when everybody would call home on Sunday afternoon. Now, now the, the listener mentions that she's a rebel. And so Mm. one of the things is rebels tend to not like planning. They like to be spontaneous. Mm. So I would say to you as a rebel, I would remember this is what you want. You want Mm. to be able to stay in close contact with your family. That's what you want. You don't want to have to spend a lot of time fussing with it. So you choose to commit to a weekend because this is what's going to work for you. Um, and, um, and you may want to be spontaneous and say like, oh, you know, let's, hey, it's, it's, let's go have this weekend together. Why don't you guys come out and visit us? But just remember that especially people who have children find it very, very hard to be spontaneous. And so that might be something that would, that might be something to think about is that they will probably not be able to do things spontaneously if it's, if it's a term, a terms of a plan. I do think if, if you move to the coast enticing people to come visit though is a good idea like saying oh hey why don't you come you know labor day weekend and we'll go to six flags yeah. and it's like because it's also expanding their world and yes. then suddenly they're part of your world they see where you are they know what you're doing um and that can make it feel more inclusive yeah on the other hand if they are like we just can't do it you may have to be the ones to travel Yes. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, but I do think like, um, inviting people with a specific plan in mind often sort of motivates them to come like at at forest, like, Hey, it's Oktoberfest, you know? Yes. Yes. Cause that's something Um, that can be done at any time is often done at no time. But, but sometimes people also resist the idea of, of like, like building these things in and formalizing them because it feels like it should be more kind of organic. And it reminds me of something that um, I'm obsessed with Flannery O'Connor and she wrote in a letter um, about kind of church habits. Um, she says, the things that we are obliged to do, such as hear mass on Sunday, fast and abstain on the days appointed, etc., can become mechanical and merely habit. But it is better to be held to the church by habit than not to be held at all. The church is mighty realistic about human nature. Mm. And I think it's the same mm. thing with family. It's like, it's better yeah. to have a call at five o'clock every Sunday than never than yes. to forget to have the call for a month. So better to institutionalize yeah. it. 
And just for the Rebel, um, text chains are good. Yes. Because you can just pop in any time. You don't, people, you can be part of the conversation or not be part of the conversation. You could text 20 times in a day or once every two weeks. Yes. And the chain can remain. That text chain. Yes. Technology can be your friend. And of course, Gretch FaceTime has yes. made it much easier. FaceTime. Yeah. With little kids. So thanks for a great question. That's excellent. Any other ideas, send them along. It's a really important and very common issue. Coming up, Gretchen gives herself a demerit related to her daughter, Eleanor. But first, this break. Gretchen, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter (laughs) sandwich is my ideal lunch. But I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches. Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories. Plus, it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen Rubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Gretchen Rubin. Okay, Gretch, it's time for demerits and gold stars, and you are up with a happiness demerit. Okay, well, this is a rookie parenting mistake, um, which I've now remedied. So I'm a sleep zealot. I'm very focused on the importance of sleep and everybody needing sleep. And of course, my daughter, Eleanor, is 14, and it's so important for teenagers to get sleep. Their body clocks are moving, so it's very hard for them to go to sleep. They want to sleep late in the morning. But they need to go to bed. And, and um, I'm, the, the rookie mistake is I was saying to Eleanor, you need to go to bed at a reasonable hour. You need to get enough sleep. And she would say, yes, 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 yes. Then every night I would be very irritated because, you know, she wouldn't, she wouldn't b- walk Barnaby until late. And then she needed to come back and kind of get settled in. Then she needed to wash her face. And she's a slow mover. She's like a puttering mm. kind of person. So it was very late. And then I'm like, I was saying to her, you need to go to bed at a reasonable hour. But I wasn't clear with Mm -hmm. her about what I thought that would Mm -hmm. be and why I had picked that time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, so we really sat down and we talked about it. I'm like, this is what I think your bedtime should be. This is why. Can you live with that? And we talked Mm -hmm. about how, like, what would have to happen when in order for it to be lights out. 
And mm. so I was like, okay, well, why didn't we do this from the beginning? Because right. there was a lot right. of nagging and annoyance. But now, yeah. now she has an exact bedtime and she seems like she gets it. So we'll see. So you fixed your demerit. That's good. As Yeah. Th- by giving the demerit, I was like, okay, I think that the solution is not it's not a subtle solution. I just need to like sit down and do it. Um, okay. So Alyssa, what is the gold star? All right, Gretchen. Well, I have to give a gold star to the Downton Abbey movie. <laughs> um, all, everyone is seeing it. I think it's been a surprise hit. It is just a needed break from life. You know, uh, I think it's just like everyone is feeling stressed and, and there's a lot of anxiety, sort of free-floating anxiety in the world. And this Downton Abbey movie is just a break from all of that. Uh, um, you know, it is really true that the stakes are like, you know, will the silver be polished? <laughs> um, and Sarah and I were like, we cannot work until we have seen the Downton Abbey movie. We were like so desperate to see it and to have a break from life. And it was a wonderful break um, for those two hours. And I feel like it's the only two hours we've been relaxed in like two years. <laughs> well, I know what I'm going to do this weekend. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Treat yourself like a dog. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Kraft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, as always, please be sure to tell a friend. That is how most of our listeners come to us. Um, also, if you want to connect with other happier podcast listeners or other readers who read my books, you can join my free app called Better. Um, and you, if you were an obliger who would like an online accountability group, you can also do that there. Go to betterapp.us if you're on desktop or search in the app store for Better Gretchen Rubin. It's free. It's tons of fun. Also, do you want to get regular book recommendations from me in your inbox? Each month, I write a blog post about what I read that month, and occasionally I write lists of recommended books on a topic. If you want to get those, sign up for my newsletter at GretchenRubin.com slash hashtag newsletter, and you can sign up there. And if you're reading Happier at Home with a group, you can download the free discussion guide at GretchenRubin.com slash resources. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. So, Elizabeth, I never watched the show Dan Abbey. I think I watched like one season. Do you think I would still like the movie? Mm, that is a good question. I, if you want to spend a lot of time in a massive um, house, then yes. Sign me up. I'm going. From the Onward Project. <laughs>